It's about giving the next generation the right confidence and leadership skills and drive to to achieve what the top leaders in the security industry have done and what they're continuing to do. Welcome to The Circuit Magazine, the number one source of information on protection matters, the industry-leading magazine for all security professionals who want to stay ahead of the game. Young Professional Success in Corporate Security. Today, John Moss and myself are delighted to be interviewing Leo Kelly, who, as a young professional, next generation in the London scene, has recently taken a career break to reassess things. Um, John, we were all young once, and arguably we still are young. Why are we doing a session on YPs today? Well, the biggest aim and goal for me and this is not to feel old and like a dinosaur uh, uh assuming i can get through that okay then i i think it's really essential that we keep touch with the young professionals who are coming into the industry we have to accept you know they're a different generation there's uh different things that have influenced them to come into the industry different drivers and they have different needs to some part as well and so this is the future of the security industry. And it's not like passing the baton on and we retire and they take over. There is a natural transition and integration and we will be working alongside these young professionals. And so it's just as important for us to understand them and make it ourselves accessible to ensure the success of the mission and the industry in the long term. Absolutely, because there's there's always going to be some sort of stereotypes or prejudices. Oh, young people are dot dot dot, <laughs> and just as people say, oh, older people are dot dot dot. And and today, you know, people are talking about the Great Resignation. We're we're, we're talking about uh, Gen Z in a particular different way than uh, maybe millennials and Gen X. And uh, I mean, it's 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 always going to be there. But then a security manager has to think, right, I'll rise above it. How do I integrate them into my team? How do I create success? How do I make sure that we can get the most out of each and every uh, person, which is you know, why why we're very pleased to have Leo on. Obviously, Leo, uh, very active in the UK ASIS, ASIS um, Young Professionals scene. And actually, he's come from a, a slightly different background. He did a master's in uh, risk um and he did not come from the police or the military, which I think has been a recurring theme of some of the podcasts, hasn't it, John? The uh, non-traditional career paths and and actually coming with some academic credentials first. That's that that's more popular these days, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And you spoke about the non-traditional there, but actually, I think it is becoming more commonplace to see this entry point into the industry. You know, a lot of people who will be listening to this might have come into the industry as a result of the big expansion that we've seen in the last 20 years. And the entry point for them will be very different. So I think it's really interesting to have Leo on and to hear the experience of somebody coming into the industry from this academic route and choosing a career path rather than just falling into it, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It does. And, and you know, many people fall into it. Many people gravitate towards it. But 
you know, the professionalization of security is a testament to people choosing it, seeking it out, um, which is which is rather nice. And 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 after all, we've talked a lot about people's eventual career paths as risk managers. Well, hey, masters in risk management to start with. That is a good precedent. Um, so I, I'm sure many people in the UK already know Leo, but it's nice to introduce him and the YP question to our wider EP uh, audience. Let's get into it and look at corporate security success as a young professional, next generation individual with Leo Kelly. And now let's meet one of the contributors to the Circuit magazine. Young Professional Success in Corporate Security. Today, we are delighted to be joined by Leo Kelly, a young professional from the corporate security scene, now on a little career break. John Moss and myself, really pleased to have you on. How are you doing, Leo? Very well, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's great to be yeah. here. Yeah, thank you. Well, 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 it's great. It's great for you to join, especially in the middle of your uh, career break. And I think this is a great time to get a snapshot for the older generation about what the younger generation is uh, going through, is needing, how to inter in integrate with them, how to communicate with them. But equally, for the younger crowd, a lot of the different voices and perspectives that corporate and executive security are going through right now. So what is the problem that we are trying to solve or you're trying to solve with uh, young professionals in corporate security right now? It's a great question. I think trying to avoid ageism as much as possible and giving giving young professionals as, as many opportunities as possible, which the security industry I think is good for, but more more broadly in the world of work, I think lots of young professionals just appreciate the opportunity and the opportunity to shine um, while they grow their career and uh, for so many young people like myself, uh, we'd love to have a manager who will put us first, give us responsibility so we get on with tasks and take ownership for these rather than be micromanaged or kind of like as a work experience candidate or someone who is just there in the shadows and, and makes things look pretty, but to be given responsibility and to take accountability for their projects. Mm. I think we can all appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> we've, all been, we've all been there at some stage. Yeah. Um, and, and, and what about you? Where does your passion for security um, and, uh, and now being a YP uh, come from? I think it all comes down to protecting and helping people. So something I've been reflecting on in the last few months that I've had off away from the industry for a few months is if everything is going smoothly and everything is going well, there's no real major hiccups and that's almost that's a success um and that's that sort of peace and keeping the peace is is important to me and that's what the security industry does so well uh that reassurance and and protection of of people to help them uh their assets well-being etc okay and then i mean usually i'd say what about the uninitiated but as i sort of alluded we were all younger once um yeah. What about the uh, older generation that may have forgotten 
what it is like uh, to be uh, younger and maybe the younger generation not yet in uh, security. What what should they better understand about this YP? And I, I think ASIS now calls it next gen uh, sort of cadre of colleagues. Sure. Um, I think it's it's interesting because we're all, I think we're all we're all pretty similar. We're all the same. We're all human beings here. The the next gen, I think, is a, is a good way of now reframing the the cohort of young professionals because it's about giving the next generation the right confidence and leadership skills and drive to to achieve what what the top the top leaders in the security industry have done and what they're continuing to do. So I think at the end of the day we're, we're all pretty similar and the, the the leadership has been in our sh in the young professional shoes. It's just about growing that and giving them enough support to be able to achieve like they have. So I, I just kind of want to start with some really basic things to set the scene uh, to get a bit of a background. So first of all, I think seeing as we're talking about young professionals, it would be good to know how old you are. Sure. So I'm 26 at the moment. So not quite still in diapers. I mean, uh, uh, <laughs> you, you know, you have a certain amount of life experience behind yeah. you. And so what I wanted to know was what attracted you to the security industry? I mean, was it a conscious decision? Did you just find yourself in this career path? As many of us do, I think a lot of listeners will appreciate that even those who were in the military and police won't necessarily have known that a career in the security industry is what lay ahead for them. So yeah, why were you drawn to the security industry? So I think it comes back to the protection of people and helping people. That's that's the crux of it. Uh, that's the the main satisfaction I would say from from working in the industry. Um, if if I was to break it down a little bit more, uh, I did a master's in risk and focused on counterterrorism, and through that, I uh, developed my my interest and my passion for the security industry. And I did a lot of research on protecting educational establishments from from terrorism and then the measures they put in. And that was, I said, the gateway uh, in my master's dissertation maybe five years ago now, as to how I how I started in the industry and then and then things developed and I met a lot of amazing people who helped me out and and one thing led to another and then I had yeah I had four four and a bit amazing years so far uh, in the industry and hopefully that continues uh, from the new year onwards. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, growing up in this world, uh, in this time with everything that's going on, what was it that influenced that decision to take a master's in risk management and counterterrorism? Yeah, that's that's such a great question. I grew up in an era where we had nine eleven when I was six, and then we had seven seven attacks in London in when I was. Uh, nine so throughout my childhood i felt like terrorism on a very big international scary scale and w was very prevalent in my in my childhood particularly having grown up in london during the 7-7 attacks and uh, being there with my family at the time and then these things carried on and it was always something that i was really interested in and then throughout my undergraduate i wrote a lot about terrorism and read up a lot about counterterrorism. As I said, the passion, I think, stemmed from childhood in terms of how can we protect these things? How can we protect people from these disastrous events happening and mitigating them as best as we can? And then that sort of develops 
many, many, over many, many years into, into my desire to join the security industry to do something about it, perhaps. Mm. And, uh, you know, certainly if there was any doubt that you qualify as a young professional, that certainly put it into perspective to hear <laughs> that you were... To hear that you were six at the yeah. time of 9-11, I, I remember myself, I, I was actually guard commander. I was still in the military and I was guard commander on that very day. And yeah, so imagine. So certainly grown up at a time when there's been so much going on in terms of geopolitics and the terrorism threats that we've all lived with in these latter years but for you it's been your life and i think from the perspective of somebody who's been in the industry slightly longer and especially come from a military background that in informed a lot of um you know my decision making and and reasoning for being in this industry on one hand it could seem strange that young people have gravitated to the industry through these influences but i think hearing it in your own words it, it, it kind of makes sense and uh it's certainly an impressive thing to yeah. hear that we have young people of your caliber who are coming into the industry with with a real purpose and want to make a change and uh you know with that said what is it that you see i know it's early days but where do you see your career trajectory where do you see yourself going and, and what is it that you want to accomplish that's another great question. I'd say I'd love to one day be with a lot of hard work to be maybe a chief chief risk officer or potentially chief security officer, depending on which avenue my career goes down. And then as time goes on, maybe uh, like a non-executive board director, something like that. But this is maybe 30 years away. Um, in the meantime, um, just continue to to work hard and um, my, I'm sure my passions in security and risk management, operational resilience will will carry on. Um, and yeah, I think um, I'd also love to work abroad and this experience of being abroad for nearly six months now in Latin America has taught me that there's so much great opportunity in London, which I have missed, but it's also been great to experience different cultures and I'd like to do this again as well at some point in my life. Yeah, I'm sure you'll return a lot richer for those experiences. Yeah. And uh, speaking of experience, as we mentioned, came into this through an academic route and you know, not coming through a military or police type background. And what do you think you gained by coming at it through an academic route and maybe not having the institutional influences of coming through a more military route? Yeah, that's another great question. I'd say the the disadvantage of not coming through a, a police or a military route, like so many people in the industry have, is understanding and being aware of that very real sense of risk that you would feel in those environments, whether you're trying to rest someone or you're running an exercise or you're camping in the rain for nine days. Like those kind of things you don't really get in academia um, or those kind of real threat of risk and how to manage that in under high pressure. That that's, Glastonbury, Glastonbury doesn't count them though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then the advantage of the more academic side to have come from, I would argue it does give you a better understanding of some of the concepts 
for security, how to communicate, present. I'm sure these things are learned in the, in the police and military, but for me, this personally, that those are skills for me that were honed a lot as well uh, from from the academic side. So, if you if you think about security and risk management as a business enabler and more broadly fitting in with the organization, I think so, so many of those skills and the soft skills you get from the academic side, um, I personally learned a lot there that can that help me in my career. And uh, I know it's early days, but at, the, at this stage, what are the challenges that you've identified? Well, where do you see the, uh, the potential speed bumps that lay ahead and, and what are you doing to counter those? if indeed there are any. Okay. So I think speaking to people who have had maybe 30s experience is is becoming stale in a job perhaps and knowing when to move on, knowing when to quit. Um, and there are obviously so many great opportunities in staying fresh and enjoying yourself in those opportunities. I think I think is a is often a hard decision to make in terms of how much have I got out of this? And I often feel like leaving at the right time when, when things are still relatively good um, is, is an important decision because if you drag it out and if you like really get too comfortable in a role, um, I think that's in some ways a, a risk. Um, I would argue that a good dancer always knows when to leave the stage. If you get stay too long, it's gonna, it's gonna fizzle out no matter how good you are. Um, so that that's a speed bump potentially that you could I could see in the road. Um, another speed bump for that matter is not having the right role at all and being um, unsatisfied and um, yeah. So th- those are the two things I'd say. Yeah, I, I think these are really relevant. I think it's great that you've identified them so early on, but then. Maybe that that's not the biggest challenge. Perhaps it's avoiding them because for sure these are two big things that really do exist within the security industry. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to look far to see people who are suffering with both of those challenges and don't necessarily know where to turn or perhaps have lost the confidence and the um, maneuverability within their careers or at least as they perceive it. So I think these are really important things to think about early on. I certainly applaud you for uh, identifying those. So given that you have these fantastic insights already, what would your message be to any other young aspiring uh, professionals, You know, perhaps who aren't certain about a career in the security industry? What would your message to those be for why they should give it consideration? I think the security industry, from my experience in London, is in England more broadly, is so welcoming. And so there's, I found that the industry has always been incredibly accommodating for whoever you are. And to that end, it, I've always found it so easy and natural to, to make friends in the industry. I feel like it's the only one I've, I've ever worked in, but I can imagine a lot more industries are, are unfriendly and there's a bit more bravado about it which I don't feel exists in the security industry I feel like everyone is incredibly honest and says it how it is which I think is really important um, and that is an attractive quality of all the industry and, and why a young professional should work there I also think going back to my earlier point around 
why do I work in there in the security industry? It's it's down to helping people, protecting people, and if that's for you, then then I'd highly recommend it. Um, yeah, what what are your thoughts on that? I would say that my experience might be slightly different, but that could be potentially more to do with our respective backgrounds and the and the yeah. routes in which we've come into the industry. Yeah. Also, you know, you're you're entering the security industry from a very different um, point of entry than, than that which I did. Yeah. I, I still find that a lot of my colleagues and the environments and the method of operation it's still very quasi-military it's that attitude of you know why throw out something that works for you and when i came into the industry as as a lot of my peers did it was as a reaction to 9 11 and it created an opportunity and there was a huge demand and whenever you get those types of situations uh, people flood in and there isn't necessarily the structure. Uh, and so you have to start to make that yourself. You have to create the, the environment and the, the right set of operating conditions. And so naturally, if you're coming from the military and you have you know, very formulaic ways of doing things, then you will bring those in with you. And so, yeah, so I, I think my transition and experience is is um it dilutes over time and you start to feel that this has its own personality this has its own identity yeah. but very much built on those foundations so for me listening to you speak now it's really an education and it's eye-opening as well to realize that there are other routes and other practices and ways in which you know you can operate in this industry yeah, yeah. does that make sense it does, yeah. It, I have always felt like a bit of an outlier to some extent in the industry, having not come from operational security or police or the military background. Um, but it's, it's always been a positive. Um, it's, not, it's not held me back. It's just been a, a different angle of approach. Yeah, I could see that for sure. There are some burdens that come with that as well. And I think being able to come in with fresh eyes and you will see things that other people might miss you know, conversely, yeah, you know, you, you don't have a lot of the experience, but you're coming into an industry where that exists. And like you say, your experience has been it's a very friendly security industry, people who want to help you. And so having all of that experience around you, and, and if you're receptive to it, then you can only grow with that. So I think you're adopting a, a fantastic uh, model and building a great career path in these early days. Thank you. So, so now that we've come you know, gotten to know you as, as an audience, of course, you know, I, I, I've known you for a while. It, it might be nice. And, and admittedly, this is under the theme of young professionals, you know, how, how to appreciate them, how, how to, how to think where they're coming from. Um, your, your own background recently in the recent years has been noteworthy. Um, and I mentioned that because where you last worked, um, you did have to take on, lots of extra responsibilities which you know sometimes people might shirk and sometimes uh, in your case very very luckily you, you seem to have thrived um and what what can you speak to that and that period what can you tell us you know what would you like to share uh, you know personal anecdotes as well but 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 also i guess was it easy 
to to take on those responsibilities was it was it was it a choice even or, or was it conscious Ooh, that's a great question i'd say it wasn't definitely it was definitely wasn't easy um for, for context my previous manager passed away and there was there was then a big hole in in the team who he had five different um direct reports essentially and so there was a lot of stepping up that had to be done amongst the team and it was definitely a team effort it definitely wasn't all me and there were, there were a lot of gaps which i stepped up into but it ended up being a very sad time however over the months following his death there was there was uh, it was a great development opportunity in terms of i learned a lot at the time and dealing with things uh, in uncertain times and, and adverse times it makes you grow and then a few months after his death came the pandemic so everything felt like it was on full full blast in terms of uh growing and workloads um so it it was it was a weird time but it was one i wouldn't i mean yeah it was it was a weird time and i wish he was still around of course um uh, mr clark but uh, and i'm sure if he was listening to this he'd be happy um that we're doing this as he was passionate about ASIS and the development of young professionals. And he was, uh, he was a great man for that, for those reasons and, and many others. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a very sad time, but you learn to adapt and change in those circumstances. And so would you recommend other people attempt to seek out extra responsibilities in areas that they're not, comfortable with i mean, i i i enjoyed enjoyed a strong word i benefited from having to do the finance side of uh, uh work um yeah. that that that's been a very useful string to my bow um, yeah. even though it's not my background w would would you recommend seeking out more things like that i think so but only to to a to a degree i think there's there's things like doing your accounts or 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 learning a different wing of the security industry that you might not feel so comfortable with i think that's good to to dip into but if it really doesn't make you happy and you're not really enjoying it i feel like there's a there's a point of no return so i think yeah try and look some basics look for some basic skills in that area and be open to them but don't don't take away everything that you enjoy about your role by by committing to that which it's it's very easy to do to get lost in in an area which you're not so passionate about but it's really useful and helpful so it, it, trying to balance it with things you enjoy because i think that's the most important thing with work and in, in the security industry if you're not enjoying it you're not happy then then you need to reconsider it, i think mm, this is often seen as the trade-off between uh career development and enjoyment of the role and I don't think it needs to be at the sacrifice of one or the other, though it often is. And often we do it more willingly than I think we realize. And yeah, that's quite a trade-off. And it's really great point that you've highlighted. And I think anyone, no matter where they are, sat in their career listening to this today, could do well to remind themselves of that, that the job can still be one that you enjoy as well as having progression in it. Yeah, that's the ideal sweet spot, yeah.
and, and Leo, you seem to have mastered, and I hope you don't mind me saying this, you seem to have mastered the art of, I suppose, being a little bit more humble than people are used to expecting uh, young professionals to be. I say this with the wonderful uh, preconception that uh, all uh, fresh-faced uh, uh, professionals are, you know, headed to be the CSO tomorrow. And, you know, there, there is there is that kind of um, uh, attitude that some in the industry sort of believe exists. Um, I don't yeah. know if it does. I know that perhaps I was a little bit guilty of it at the beginning. Um, uh, and I, and I, this is sort of like a question dash compliment, right? I'm complimenting you and, and and saying that you've mastered the art of being a bit more humble. Um, but 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 what would your advice be to let's say 21 year old uh, security professional who's who's basically chomping at the bit and going, you don't understand. I am CSO material. I can be the CSO today. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. what? How can how can we curb their enthusiasm, but not 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 extinguish their passion? I mean, if someone's saying that, I would say prove it. Like prove you can do prove it. Prove you can do that job. But you just uh, give me a chance. Just yeah. give me a chance, and I'll lead the entire organization tomorrow. And yeah. I've never done anything in my life, but you know, yeah. I, I exaggerate. I mean, I I admire their confidence. Um, that that's just not realistic even for someone of that age and unless unless they, they started when they were 14 and they're some sort of super kids um it's unlikely but if someone is really saying that i i feel like you should give them the um the benefit of the doubt to an extent but don't not <laughs> believe everything you hear um you often hear and read cvs that say top class professional or like uh, interesting adjectives to describe themselves and you kind of need to look a bit through the layers of that and understand like what what metrics have you achieved to to determine those those adjectives and i think people are entitled to say that but if you are going to say that back that up with some some quantitative proof that you're or some experience to demonstrate that uh, and, and I think selling yourself and putting yourself out there, marketing is, is so important. Uh, but just having the 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 meat on the bones as well to 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 demonstrate that is is even more important. And and that meat on the bone, maybe you can achieve with tenure. And I know before you you spoke about don't get stale, right? Don't stagnate. Yeah. But. There seems to be, and this happened to me in the great crash of uh, 07, 08. Um, I, I was coming up against people who were scared for their jobs because of the economic environment. Yeah. And I had to really pitch my inclusion in their organization very carefully. And I was not very careful. Uh, so I learned how to be a bit more careful. I'm, I'm, I'm being, uh, you know, nebulous on purpose. How can we balance that? So, is tenure important? Is tenure relevant? And if it is, how can we, without being stale and tenured, how can we balance tenured with skills and fresh but enthusiasm and skills? That is the, the perfect combination. I, I found so far that learning, taking courses, networking, meeting people is is for me that that thing that keeps me um excited and motivated 
I think that's that's really important. Um, and looking back on the best times in my career journey so far, they were at, at an ACE seminar or um, a Crisis 24 webinar or um, one of Philip Rose's uh, securitization or modernization events. So <laughs> the, are the are these things you can, that's, that's for me uh, as, a, as a social person and someone who enjoys networking and learning from others, that's, that's where the, the real fun comes. Um, but that might be only two or three hours in a week uh, where you're working hard and um, looking at different documentation and it being very analytical, which is also enjoy, in, enjoyable and interesting. Um, so it's, it's a balance, but I think keeping that balance is really important and not being chained to your desk for 40 hours a week or more and, and getting out there and meeting people is uh, that that's what brings it all together I think yeah and and as long as I suppose you, you approach it with, with 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 that perspective and and with good good heart you know good good <laughs> good motivations I think people will maybe not not actually question age they'll be like hmm Yes, Leo is X or Y and Z, and um, and and he'll fit into the the team, but but again, I I'm, I'm thinking, listeners, you know, some let's say they're in their forties and they're struggling, and and then they're like, wow, there's a bit of a bottleneck, isn't there? Because I've got I've got competition from people who are fresh out of college, people in their thirties, people in their sixties, people in their nineties. Okay, maybe not nineties, but you know, like um. I, th I think uh, yeah. If we could solve that on this podcast, we'd be rich. Okay, um, but but uh, but I throw it out there because I know that some listeners are thinking, "Hang on, I have an issue uh, too. I have uh, stumbled in my career. Maybe I've uh, hit a, a a block or something like that." Um, so maybe then let's let's ask a more productive question. So. Regardless of age, how can we create a team of security operators or security professionals where we're not questioning age? How, how, how would you advocate for that? I know you're not in charge of massive teams, but if you were to get them in a room and say, look, this would really help, um, uh, you know, so, so no one goes, oh, young Leo or, or, or something like that. How, how, how can we just have a team of, of different uh, tenures? Yeah, changing that narrative, I think, is would be really important. I, I think it's about being consistent over over a, a a year, two years more, because once once you're consistent after that period of time, you do have to put the groundwork in. Of course, like anyone's like any job at any new age, but once you put that in, I think I think that can come that that sense of respect and and that's really important for a, a professional, especially when they're starting out. So just, just being consistent and polite. And I think that goes a long way um, because they'll soon realize that you're, you're just as capable despite not being quite so experienced, but just, your brain is still as, as good, if not uh, better than, than some. So, and you can bring fresh and new ideas. So there's, there's lots of positives that can be, that can be drawn from a, a next gen professional that, I'd encourage lots of people to to believe. But why are and here's the prejudice: some of your year group, some of your age group, engaging in the Great Resignation? Now that's a loaded question because 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 maybe they're not, maybe they're actually not. Yeah, I think 
something I've learned, particularly having taken some time away from the working world is throughout COVID, we were told to follow so many rules. You, you have to be in bed at this time. You can't go out. Um, and everyone, particularly in the younger generation, felt so stifled. And I'm sure so many people in the world did. And I think there was this great sense that, well, we've had to follow all these rules in society for so long. And a lot of people saved up a lot of money in that time. So now I want to enjoy myself because I don't know how long this is going to last. Like a lot of people lost relatives in COVID and friends. And and there's, I think COVID gave people a long time to reflect on their lives and what was important to them and what made them happy. So in that time, so many people have thought, right, once this is over, like I really want to enjoy my life. And that's not to say work can't enjoy that, but I think the last two or two two years demonstrated two or three years now, demonstrated how much we were it was almost like all hands on deck to to get us through COVID and now it's over people and my contemporaries have started this great racist nation. Uh, I think that's slowed down from what I hear now, though. This is more the start of this year, back end of last year, uh, where this really took off. But, um, yeah, I think that's the reason behind that. What, what do you think, Philip? What do I think? Well, I think you're right. I think people have gone, hang on, I am investing in the future. However, in the future, can I enjoy my investment? Maybe I want to enjoy it now. Um, you know, why am I investing to retire at on paper 67, 70, 72, depends on your age, when I can go traveling around Latin America right now? <laughs> you know, because if, you know, hey, I would love to be as healthy at 72 as I am now and, and be able to really enjoy uh, the Amazon jungle. Love it. Right. However, probably not uh, going to be quite the same. Um, so. So I think that's literally what's what's happened. Um, also, a lot of people have thought, um, you know, uh, stick in a role for five years minimum because otherwise it looks like a squiggly career path. I think people have gone, well, actually, no, <laughs> that's not <laughs> that's not true. Um, and uh, and and I, and I can um, uh, progress by hopping and gaining extra experiences. Um, and I and I can uh, go on a sabbatical to Latin America like yourself, and uh, um, and 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 find more about myself. Um, now, now whether or not, and and this has been the age old problem on backpackers and and gap year uh, and and all of that, right? Well, you come back and everyone's like, oh, nice, you know, you you think you think you've got skills to bring to the table, um, and you do, uh, but everyone else is slightly jealous. Um, so, so, so that that's the only thing I can envisage being a bit of an issue um, for for people on the the great lie down or the great resignation. Um, but on that, on a personal note, because obviously we've done a lot of thematic questions for this interview, what have you been learning um, on your year abroad that you not year abroad, but you know, uh, time time away that that you think will help you in the security industry when you come back? Well, that's, that's another great question. I think I've met so many people from so many different backgrounds and um, income levels, etc. And just always having uh, a kind approach to things and being empathetic. We've met so many amazing people across Latin America 
um, which is very different to the busy London environment and some of the characters you might meet there in, in what is a very, can be a very competitive and fast paced place. Um, so getting some perspective on that and realizing some of the things that were happening in London and in the security industry or, or generally, uh, and getting some distance from that has been quite healthy. Um, so just coming in with fresh eyes, um, again, in the, in the new year will be, will be a nice experience and one I'm looking forward to, I'd say. Absolutely. Yeah. And, 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 uh, you know, maybe maybe you you'll get a role where you have to travel to Latin America, and they'll be like, "Hey, who's who's been uh, to Buenos Aires?" Ah, me. I don't know if you have. I'm not saying half, but you know, oh, you have. Okay, brilliant. There you go. <laughs> um, I think also uh, my Spanish has come to a, a level where someone said to me the other day I was fluent. So that's oh. thing I'd like to bring the table one day potentially is is Spanish speaking in in my job. Uh, that would be that would be fun. So. Just, ha- just having like a more global understanding of how the world works and and the way we interact. Um, I've also also have regular calls into the UK and just understanding how connected we are as well. And to, to some extent, I feel closer than ever to some of my contacts, um, despite the the long distance. So, uh, and I think COVID taught us that as well. But uh, having like felt it with the physical distance from Brazil, where I am now, to to London where most of my contacts are it's uh, it's all possible and that's and that's really nice and hey this this interview is testament to that um through through the through the, through the power of uh, the internet uh we 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 are chatting to you in in uh, brazil um right so what's next for you what uh, what should people watch out for uh, how can they get in touch if they want to uh, learn more from an from a yp or next gen uh, uh or uh if 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 they want to in- integrate a, a next gen colleague into their team how can they reach out to you so on linkedin very responsive so just leo kelly is my name and or by email kelly leo 562 at gmail.com very uh, responsive there. Uh, happy to, to talk, and um, I always love networking in the security industry. So I'm always happy to have a call or meet up and to chat. And what I'd say to any aspiring leader to bring in a, a next gen professional is is uh, please consider it. And um, uh, often it's uh, cheaper because uh, there's less less uh, weight of expectation on experience and salary but there's also a lot of things that the industry can learn from young professionals and uh, what current trends are and um, the state of play in people in their 20s and 30s so uh, yeah I'd urge all hiring managers to consider young professionals and their decision making processes. A bargain yeah Great. Um, well, well, Leo, thanks for joining us uh, on on your on your travels, and I'm looking forward to seeing you back in London very soon. Um, but uh, but yeah, this is this is a nice look, um, a slight departure. You know, we've looked at so many topics on the podcast. We've looked at uh, you know transitioning from the military. We've looked at uh, professional driving uh, pr- pr- protection. Um, we've had a, a, a look recently, even at industrial psychology uh, under the skin of your team. Um, uh, so 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 yes, why not YP next gen as a topic, and um, as we increasingly uh, have a have a have a wider listenership for the podcast. Um, so from John and myself, thank you, Leo. This has been another fantastic edition of the Circuit Magazine podcast. 
Well, thank you very much, Leo, and uh, great to hear from you. Obviously, you've been a fixture on the UK circuit, but now great to bring you to the attention of the international community. Uh, young professionals, obviously, I, I joke all the time, we, we were all young once. However, we might sometimes forget about the challenges and opportunities that we can have from uh, in- engaging with uh, the next cohort. Uh, John, what, what did you make of today's session? Yeah, it's great. I mean, you know, Leo is a young man, he's confident, he's humble. He seems to have his head screwed on very well and has a, a really great grasp of the industry. You know, he, he's picked up on the flavor for it. But at the same time, you know, he hasn't he, he, he hasn't been overawed by anything and he very much knows what he wants to get out of it. I think, you know, it's really commendable. Which, which I think it dispels some of the myths that each generation have about the next generation. Oh, the next generation is uh, lazy. The next generation is overconfident. Uh, the, the the next generation thinks they know everything. And I, I think, no, that's that's not necessarily true. And, and absolutely, Leo is towing uh, the right line. We mentioned, of course, uh, Leo stepped up to the plate uh, with his team. Uh, after the very sad passing of Dave Clark, who was uh, the chair for the UK ACES chapter, um, and 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 actually that that shines a light on whether or not we should all step up to the plate anyway to gain experience of 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 a wider range of uh, sectors. Um, obviously, we we keep on talking about the protector of tomorrow. Um, you know, learning about cyber not becoming a hacker uh, about finance but not becoming an accountant um do, do you think there's a good uh, narrative for our audience there john yeah for sure i mean look you know opportunities will come along and they'll come along in many different ways in your career you know and it's as sad of a of an instance that this was that gave Leo that opportunity for growth. It's all about how you respond when these moments happen. And you really have to uh, grasp the opportunity and run with it as Leo really seems to have done. And he will benefit from this in the long run. This will be a great foundation for the rest of his security career. Absolutely. And you know, hopefully, we'll get to uh, we'll get to follow his uh, his path. Uh, but yes, if you are a young professional and you don't feel heard, we we want to hear from you. Uh, if you're a, a more seasoned professional and you 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 want to think about uh, gelling with different generations in the one team, absolutely that that is that is some uh, something we probably want to cover in a future episode. Um, but John, what else have we got coming up? Uh, maybe with the magazine, the app, uh, the podcast. What what do we want people to know about? Well, you know, Pollen, we put out lots of content across lots of different channels, and everyone listening to these words now certainly engage with us through the podcast. But I, I wonder how many people who are listening to this also read the newsletter. So for anyone who doesn't know, the circuit also produces a weekly newsletter called On the Circuit. And I would really implore anyone who doesn't subscribe to it already to do so. It's completely free. And what it does is each week it focuses on the events of the week, what's been going on in the security industry. We uh, infuse that with circuit content, so some articles from the magazine, uh, along with uh, reference in the podcast, we 
make readers aware of new and upcoming events to add to your calendar. And what it does is it just closes the week out really nicely. It comes out rather uniquely on a Saturday. So it's not getting clogged up in your mailbox with anything else. You've got the whole weekend to sit back and enjoy it either in one go, you know, or in chunks. But yeah, so if if you either aren't a subscriber to On The Circuit, then please give it a look. And if you are, then we would be very grateful if you could share it with a friend and help us get the word out there. Yes, please do. And and I do look forward to it, uh, even though, of course, I, I, I do in some way help com- contribute it. I know I know you you're, you're very much leading it, but I but I do get excited every time it it drops in in my inbox. Um, and uh, and and actually, that's a nice segue to talk about uh, you, the audience, uh, enjoying uh, content. Uh, I was uh, very recently um, at the CP World event in London, and many of you stopped by to basically say how much you enjoyed a certain episode, and and it was really heartening because I had no idea. And you know, you you know, it was lovely to have anecdotes of uh, you know maybe maybe something all the way back to the first uh, ones where we did with Mac and hotel security, and um, all the way through to uh, industrial psychology that we did with uh, Nico and Nicolene Schutter. Um, so so thanks very much for stopping by and just you know giving us your thoughts because that really does make a difference um obviously we get fan mail if 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 you might not like a topic but we 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 very much love to hear if you do love uh, a, a topic and and some of you said also very interestingly that you enjoy the longer form uh interviews in that you're listening to this whilst you are on task so if that's you we're thinking of you you're probably in the rain and uh, we're with you uh, along your your journey um, in addition to that, what we've got coming up, well, I am excited to be going out to Vegas to the IPSB. I know that our dear colleague and friend Elijah is doing the EP Forum this year. Uh, that is the 7th and uh, 7th of December. And, and and so please do come say hello. It'd be lovely to get a nice cadre of the BBA and NABA community together at uh, at the event. Uh, what, what, what else have we got, uh, John? Well, I just wanted to add one thing, seeing as I went on so much about the newsletter, and if I have wet anybody's appetite and they might be wondering, well, okay, where do I find it? The easiest way as a podcast listener to subscribe to the newsletter is just to go to whatever you're listening to this podcast through, go to the show notes, scroll down, and you'll see a link to the newsletter in the show notes. Love it. Yeah. Keep keep uh, looking at the show notes. We do actually put uh, quite a lot of attention to them. So so click on that link, subscribe to the newsletter as well. Um, right. So uh, young professional success. Uh, this is relevant for young professionals, seasoned professionals trying to understand their environment and how to integrate them. Um, thank you very much, Leo. We're looking forward to seeing you back in the UK when you get back here. And uh, yeah, I've really, really enjoyed this. Um, makes me reflect on myself as a young professional maybe i still am maybe i'm not who knows and as john said you know keeping it young make sure that you 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 keep your spirits up so from john and myself this has been another fantastic edition of the circuit magazine podcast you have been listening to the circuit magazine podcast be sure to subscribe and be sure to not miss an episode 